Hello and welcome to a Thursday, March 16th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Taurus Kermani, and I'll be joined by my guy, Kenny, as we take on a five-game slate leading us into the penultimate day of the week. Pretty exciting from a uh, personal standpoint. Uh, today was pretty good for me. I uh, was looking... You know, a lot of the picks that I was coming out through as far as props are concerned are looking pretty nice for me. Kenny, how's your day gone so far in terms of the Wednesday night games? Um, with the Wednesday night games, they're they're not going as planned, but it's always good to see a you know, clip a game where they have the lead against the Warriors. <laughs> and um when it comes to props, um I actually swept the final game of the NBL season. So I was able to take home a nice little um fifteen nuts off of that. Nice. Okay, well, congrats on that. This is why you follow Kenny and get everything outside of just NBA basketball going on, right? So there you go. Well, with the uh, Thursday slate then, you know, five games looking like a, a more relaxed one, but still quite a few games to be able to look into here. Some of them with potential blowout situations, but uh, again, game scripting is never all that fun. But we will jump right into those games right after reminding you, as always, to get you onto sportsethos.com, get yourself signed up with that DFS pass. So not only do you get access to that ever important live injury report to keep you up to date with all the changes that happen throughout the day that will affect your lineup, but you get access to the actual site itself with our DFS delivery articles, all that amazing content. And of course, access to our discord where you can go ahead and ask the pros all the way up until lineup lock, just to see how your lineups stack up against some of their recommendations and what last-minute changes could make that difference when it comes to slates like these. And talking about slates like these, five games are always kind of my favorite. I think it's my sweet spot of uh, having just enough options to be able to build up lineups that I feel pretty comfortable with without getting into that analysis paralysis situation. With the first game, let's start talking about that, which is Denver going into Detroit to take on the Pistons. We're looking at a 228 and a half game total for this one. And if we're talking about blowout potential, we have the Nuggets at the moment favored to win in this game by 12 and a half. And I'm going to let you go ahead and start with this one. Kenny, are there anyone that you're specifically targeting as far as uh, this matchup is concerned? Um, honestly, there's only two players that I actually had somewhat interested in. One is a narrated base play, and that's uh, Reggie Jackson for Denver. And since this... I feel like it is going to be a blowout, and I'm game scripting it to be a blowout. You can probably see him in the spot where he's getting 20 or 24 minutes. If you feel like they're not going to go that route and they got to give Chris Braun a little bit more minutes, that would be another play I was considered for GPP at um, 3-3. Yeah, that's completely fair. And we didn't really get to jump into it, but Jamal Murray was listed as probable for this game because otherwise I was uh, kind of wondering whether he would actually – take a game off with that uh, kind of injury management that's been happening for his knee. They've been clearly uh, treating that with a little bit of kid gloves, but it looks like he'll be okay. That being said, I do like MPJ again for that 6,000 price tag. I think that's just a really, really good price in general for him, as long as he keeps kind of being that uh, efficient machine that he has been in the last couple of games, despite you know him not necessarily getting 
you know, the absolute boatload of minutes. I mean, he did get 33 against the Raptors, but even in the games where he's been getting kind of mid to late 20s, he's still finding himself getting somewhere close to that 30 DK points pretty consistently with his uh, ceiling showing that he can get into the 40s as well. So it really just comes down to how his offensive game looks, and I continue to like that. And I continue to like Bruce Brown anytime he uh, jumps into his uh, price tags as well. And 4600 probably more of a cash play than a GPP one, but he's probably one of the more consistent guys that you can get to be able to get around 5x for that price tag there. Uh, on the Detroit side, really, I'm just keeping one eye out on Jaden Ivey, who I'm probably going to throw as a dart throw in a couple of my uh, GPP lineups. He's just been absolutely monstrous in this time that uh, he's pretty much become that a primary point guard for this team. 7,000 is obviously a little bit uh, more than he had been when he was in that kind of high 5,000s, and it was amazing to be able to take him kind of night in, night out, and be able to do well. But I think this price tag still gives him more than enough room to continue kind of being that mid-30s guy that he has been with the ceiling to be able to hit into the 40s. So let's see how that uh, kind of turns out there. The second game, which is uh, hitting a little close to home here, the Raptors continuing on there. I think four of the next five games are going to be home games for them. Uh, OKC coming into Toronto to take them on. And we're looking at a 230.5 game total for this one. The Raptors favored to win by six. As far as injuries are concerned for this one, uh, looks like we're pretty much all systems go for uh, for both sides over here. No real concerns, which is definitely a positive. From my end over here, as far as kind of exposure is concerned, we talk, we're going to talk about a number of value guys that are on here, but if we're talking about where I like my potential spend-ups, one of the areas is this game. So Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's back to being kind of that sub-10,000 guy, probably the most consistent guard that we've had for the last month and a half as far as his uh, price tag. He just never, ever really gets a dud unless it's just an absolute blood, and even then he'll probably end up somewhere in the 30s. He's just a guy you can rely on night in and night out to be able to get 50-plus as far as the game is concerned, as long as it stays even somewhat close. And I do expect that to happen over here. Uh, I felt like Jamal Murray was trying too hard in his homecoming, but Shea is able to kind of take the, uh, the game and be a little bit more kind of measured in his approach over there. And I'd like him to be able to get uh, 50 plus in what should be a pretty fun game to watch with, uh, with him coming back to Toronto and, and uh, taking on the Raptors while on the other side, I love that they kept the price tags the same for both Van Vliet and Siakam. I know Siakam himself didn't have a great game against the Nuggets over there, but honestly, he was just kind of getting into his own head as far as his shot selection is concerned. I do expect he'll be bouncing back pretty strongly pretty soon. And given the fact that the OKC front court is pretty undersized for what they are, I expect that they're going to be going pretty heavily to Siakam in this matchup. While uh, Fred's going to continue to kind of do his thing, he's been making up for lost time as far as his season has been concerned offensively. The last kind of month and a half is really where he's picked up as far as his pure kind of offensive production is concerned. The rest of it had kind of been pretty good. But I expect that um, this price tag is going to keep going up. And for him to have a ceiling that can get you 50 if he has a decent night for 8600 I like that. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, this is probably the safest game on um, tomorrow's slate, which is scary to say when Oklahoma City is involved. <laughs> but um, I, I'm actually more interested in the mid-price options due to that. Um, I really do feel like on the Oklahoma side, Lou Dort will be a nice little piece for your cash games for 5-8. Really do feel like this is going to be a spot he's going to be able to get 24 to 30 minutes. And if you're able to get a shot to fall, you're going to look at about 25 to 30 DK points. 
And on the Toronto side, the two mid-price pieces I'm looking at, well, I guess he's a little bit more than mid-price. Um, the first one is Jacob Poirot for 7-2. And the other part is Gary Trent Jr. for 4-3. And kind of like I said about Lou Dort, if Trent is able to get his shot falling, you're really looking at a decent floor of about 15, 20 draft king points out of him with a ceiling that probably only going to get you about 30. Yeah, completely fair. I mean, Trent has been kind of an enigma since he's been off the bench pretty consistently now for the Raptors. But yeah, we really need him to get a shot going. So I'm there with you. 4,300 is a great price tag if you can get a shot going. And hopefully this will be the game he does that. Moving on to the third game of the night, Sacramento Kings, who just came off a pretty awesome win tonight against the Chicago Bulls. Game winner by De'Aaron Fox to put that one away. And the Kings continue to have their Cinderella run of a season. 237.5 game total coming up against the Brooklyn Nets here with uh, the Nets' favor to win by 2.5. And I'll let you start on this one over here. Kenny, who are we liking as far as this matchup is concerned as well? Oh, man, with this matchup, I'm really just going to be monitoring the news on this one. Because I can actually see this being a spot where they're going to choose to rest spots or any players, any other younger players who they might have a little bit of injury concern with. So hopefully we're going to be able to get some pretty decent value on the King side and be able to plug in Malik Monk as a safe cash option. Um, on the Brooklyn side, I actually do have um, interest in two players. Um, first one is actually Spencer Denwildy. He was actually almost averaging a double-double for the past, what, three out of five games. And in this spot, going up against the Kings in the back-to-back, I always tell everybody, when the Kings on the slate, 258 really out the question for a point total. So that's going to be the first target I'm going to have on the Brooklyn side in my cash game lineups. Then on GPP on the Brooklyn side, similar play to having Bruce Brown in the other game, uh, Royce O'Neal. If he gets minutes, you never know what they're going to turn into for him, but you know he's going to get these minutes. So 30 minutes for Royce O'Neal can either get you about 15 to 40 DraftKings points. So this is really just going to be a GPP play for 5K. Yeah, I like it. No, there's a lot of really good value on there, and, I, and I'm definitely with you on the Malik Monk pick. Regardless, I'm, I'm liking him to uh, be able to break out uh, into a bit of a stronger offensive game given that he has uh, just been – I mean, he's been solid from a pure – like efficiency standpoint for the last couple of games that he just hasn't been getting the shot volume that you'd be uh, expecting him to get kind of you know throughout those five games there so 4500 definitely gives you the upside to be able to do that and on the Brooklyn side I know you spoke about Dimwitty but honestly I'm going to j- keep kind of riding that Mikhail Bridges train until it falls off the rails for me completely he just continues to be the gift that keeps on giving and his price tag still hasn't gotten outside of the realm of where he can be great value to me he just doesn't drop duds plain and simple uh, other than that like one game where he only played 12 minutes against milwaukee for you know whatever ended up happening he hasn't had a truly dud game here and he's given you the upside to be able to keep getting you 5.5 to 6x for his value so i expect that by the time the season is done we're going to start seeing his salary sitting in like the high 8,000s to low 9,000s to kind of mitigate uh, where he is at now as far as his uh, offensive role is concerned on brooklyn but yeah, another great uh, matchup here. As you said, uh, the totals are definitely something to keep an eye out on here. From what I'm seeing, it's going to easily be the highest total from from the games that we have so far. So definitely something to uh, kind of target pretty heavily on over there. 
And on the uh, Sacramento side, as you said, I'm kind of looking at uh, other than Malik Monk. I also do think that this is one of those spots that uh, Keegan Murray is going to kind of come and get his back as well in a matchup with more of a traditional center where he can get uh, not only that, but the fact that he likes to stretch out the floor and he'll just keep shooting those threes as well. I think that's a good counter to what uh, Brooklyn throws out with Nick Claxton down there. So I expect that he will see him get kind of his regular minutes back, not uh, those low, low twenties or high teens that he's had in the last couple of games. We'll probably see him get closer to that 30 minute mark, which uh, gives him a lot of room to be able to play for with that 4,100 price tag. Second last game of the night, and this is one that we actually don't have a total for at the moment, which isn't surprising whatsoever given the amount of red that we're seeing on this matchup at the moment. Indiana going into Milwaukee to take on the Bucks, and just talking about the questionable tags over here. Tyrese Halliburton continues to be questionable with his knee. Miles Turner continues to be questionable with his back. Uh, Buddy Heald is questionable with his foot. So everyone's just finding different reasons to be there. While we know that uh, Mathurin is is actually going to be out altogether. Uh, TJ McConnell is also questionable for this game as well. And Chris Duarte is out as well. So a lot of major rotation pieces either up in the air or out altogether as far as Indiana is concerned. While on the... uh, Milwaukee side, it's a little less so, but Brooke Lopez is uh, questionable for this game with his uh, left ankle soreness as well. So, you know, go back to what the DFS pass gets you. You definitely want to keep an eye out on the live injury report for this game. But as far as uh, where I had kind of initially set my sights, uh, I'm looking at Andrew Nemhard as that point guard who's really starting to show his playmaking chops in the last couple of games now. His price tag is definitely taking a pretty uh, decent bump all the way up to 6,000 over here. But if he's going to be playing those high 30 minutes as the primary ball handler, especially if Halliburton is ruled out for this game, I expect that he, despite having you know his hands full with Drew Holiday, I don't necessarily love taking point guards against him. But in all those volume of minutes and, and the fact that really no one else is around to be able to help him, I think both Nemhart and uh, Isaiah Jackson are in some pretty good uh, spots here to do well if, in fact, those questionables do move over to be out. All right. Yeah. Um, with this game, this is like, I wish they actually had a prop on this if they're actually going to be able to roster over or under 8.5 <laughs> players for Indiana. But when it comes to exposure, I really just see myself having maybe three pieces if all these question marks are out. Um, piece I have the most interest in is um, the former Buck player. Um, Jordan Noir, I really do feel like he's going to get about 30 minutes in this spot just looking at who's probably going to be out and who's probably going to be in foul trouble, who will be in the starting lineup. So look for him to actually get a nice little boost and go pretty under own if he's not in the starting lineup. On the Milwaukee side, I have a good amount of interest in um, Javon Carter for GPPs, especially at 3-9. I really do feel like in a game against, well, just the regular Pacers, I, I would probably like him if he's, you know, starting. But against the Pacers backup unit, I really do see him getting about 20, 24 minutes in this matchup. I really don't think you're going to see the regular minutes for the Bucks starters. So that's going to be one person I'll be targeting in my GPP. And if I feel like, really, really feel like getting risky, I might actually throw um, Butter onto Takupo in a GPP line. All right. 
But yeah. that that probably won't happen. I won't get that. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> but honestly, probably in 25 minutes, he could get somewhere close to that 60 as well if he's absolutely just dominating the backups that Indiana's thrown out there. But I, I was actually thinking if the Brook Lopez um, side of things does in fact happen, I do like Bobby Portis for his price tag. I think that he just needs. First of all, this is one of those matchups that they'll definitely let him go and have some fun because, well, none of the others should be required to really break a sweat there. And he's kind of been. And I'm taking a bit of a backseat from not only a minutes total, but also just pure offensive responsibility in the last couple of games. But we've seen that anytime he gets back kind of into his regular role where, you know, especially as the playoffs start getting closer and closer, they're going to want to uh, ramp him up from that perspective as well. So I think this is a decent matchup for him to be able to kind of break out a little bit from his uh, offensive slump. And 6,500 isn't the worst you can do, though there is another center coming up for the same price tag that I'd like a little more in the next matchup, which we'll get right into, which is Orlando taking on the Phoenix Suns. The last matchup of the night, the 10 p.m. Eastern start, 228.5 total for this one. The Suns being favored by seven on this one. And as far as injury reports are concerned, really just the uh, regular usual suspects being out over there, but the remainder is good to go as far as the rotation is concerned. So Kenny, I'll let you start off with the last late night hammer over here. Who are you liking on this matchup? Anyone that you're specifically targeting? Um, I, I honestly, I, it's kind of like that um, Oklahoma city Toronto game. I really do like a lot of these mid price pieces in this matchup um on the phoenix side your two 7k players chris paul and deandre aiden those are definitely going to be like cash game staples um i, I really do see both of these players being over 30 percent on on cash games tomorrow um on the magic side i really do have a lot of interest in franz wagner cole anthony and markel folks i'm Going to have a little bit of interest GPP-wise in um, Terrence Ross at 3-7 for the Suns. Um, but outside of that, I really just see myself mismatching two or three of those players in all my cash game lineups tomorrow and probably two pieces, um, a 7K and a 5K player in my GPP builds. Yeah, I like it. The, the mid-tier is definitely the place of interest as far as this game is concerned. And I know I kind of mentioned it earlier, I'm right there with you as far as the DeAndre Eaton side is concerned as well. I, you know, he's going to be just incredibly solid for his price tag. But I do think Wendell Carter, who's also kind of gotten back into his uh, regular role, his regular uh, real like double-double nightly threat that he has been, I think 6500 is a very solid price tag for him. Uh, cash for sure. But he's shown uh, GPP upside for uh, what he can do as well because his offensive game is well, a bit more developed than uh, people sometimes expect. He's a bit sneaky in terms of being able to uh, rack up you know, two or three the shots from outside alongside being pretty dominant in the paint when he really gets himself going. So I think him and DeAndre Ayton should be a pretty fun matchup to be able to watch in general. And if the uh, Orlando Magic are to keep this even somewhat close, I do expect that uh, Wendell is going to have to be uh, pretty heavily involved on this offense for them to be able to do so. So 6,500, I'll be uh, looking at him. And uh, I do like uh, the Franz Wagner side of things as well. I expect uh, after that last game where he had initially come, come in questionable, but was able to get going and, and uh, despite not having a great night, look pretty comfortable out there. I expect that we'll have a little bit better come from him on this game here. 
But that brings us to the end of our five-game slate. They said nice and nice and small, but still giving you more than enough thoughts and more than enough options to think about when you're actually going through your lineups here. But let's jump right into the last part of our pod, which is, of course, looking at the Thrive Fantasy side of things. And as far as the props are concerned here, you know, I was talking to Kenny right before this, uh, this slate itself, just kind of looking at it, and, you know, there was... I would say this is not the sexiest of lineups or of props that we've seen. I think uh, Kenny could agree with that as well. But, you know, I'll I'll let you start on this side. Who is it that you kind of looked in on the Thrive Fantasy side? Uh, Which of these props are you looking at today? Um, When it comes to Thrive, you're you're, you're, you're correct. This isn't the greatest set of props that um, we had on the slate. But the first one I'm actually going to be looking at is under 30.5 points, rebounds, and assists for Chris Paul. I really don't see him needing to score in this game. And even if it does stay competitive, I really see a stat line probably being about mm, eight field goal attempts, 15 assists, a couple of rebounds. Like, I, I really don't see him getting anywhere close to 15 points in this matchup. Yeah, I like it. I think those unders are pretty fair as well. And I'll uh, probably be staying on brand with uh, what I'm looking at as well, which the first one being an under, which is uh, going back to that Denver-Detroit game, Nikola Jokic, 22.5 points. I don't think he's going to need to do that. It's just not going to be one of those matches where he needs to break much of a sweat. I expect we're going to see a lot more of the backup start to come through here. And for 105 points to go underneath 22.5, I think is a relatively safe bet given what the uh, matchup itself is looking like. While on the other side, going back to that Sacramento-Brooklyn game with the highest game total and what should be a pretty close one kind of throughout as well, I'm going to go ahead and put Mikael Bridges on the over for his 30.5 points and rebounds, a juicy 100 points for him to be able to do that one and to be on brand with just how good I think Mikael Bridges will continue to be for the Brooklyn Nets as far as the remainder of this season goes. But that yeah. brings... Yeah. Oh, no, nah, I got one more play. Yeah, that go I- for it wouldn't throw out um this is really just a game script play but i i really don't see um antonio going over this um 50.5 points rebound assists um prop value as well yep fair i think is that it goes back to the same how many minutes we think he's actually going to even need to play on the matchup there so definitely one to look at as far as Giannis is concerned and where you can always look at us is going to be on twitter where you can catch me at hk underscore devil Keep me up to date on what's going on with not only your picks on the night, where are you looking with some of these uh, mid-tier options that we're looking at for this five-game slate. And also, if you're on Thrive Fantasy, you know which of these uh, props are tickling your fancy on this one. While, Kenny, where can the good people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at OrangeDFS. I'm going to be heavily talking about both sides of the NCAA tournament um, over the course of the next few weeks. So if you want to talk college ball, I'm really going to be talking a lot about that. And as, as always, I'm always talking about Euroball as well and NBA, all levels. Absolutely. Well, March Madness continues, so you definitely want to hit up Kenny for all the good stuff when it comes to all of that just outside of your regular NBA. But until then, we will catch you on the next one. Let's go out there and take down some of these GPPs. 